He's a former NFL lineman, an undefeated pro wrestler, an MMA fighter, and an actor. His name, His name. is Bill Goldberg. And this is Who's Next with Goldberg. Yep, it's that time again. Time for another episode of Who's Next with Goldberg, coming to you from my man cave in the sunny Southern California. I got to come clean with you. I got in a fight uh, a little while ago. Um, I don't really like to talk about this stuff on air, but this one has to be exposed. Georgia was playing Alabama. Asked Siri what the score was. Siri exclaimed to me that Georgia was being demolished by Alabama. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. My opponent was Siri. I don't like to, uh, like I said, I don't like to brag and boast, but kick Siri's ass. I thought that was completely uncalled for. Uh, I thought it was very hurtful. Anyway, on to the next subject. Did uh, uh, some television work yesterday, went out to a runway and uh, took my Cobra down. And I got to say, I'm very happy to sit here and do this podcast today because I thought I was going to die. I must have been going 160 miles an hour down that runway. And um, it was exhilarating, but uh, it, it won't happen again. At least not in that car. What else? What else? Puppies growing. Uh, kids growing. Wife's happy. It's all good. NFL fans, listen up. If you want to go to the big game this weekend and you don't have tickets, I have the solution for you. It's a place called Seat Geek. Seat Geek is the place to go to get tickets for this week's game. Whether you're a Ravens fan and they're playing the Niners this weekend or Patriots versus Colts, or if you're a Chargers fan and you uh, want to see him beat the Packers, the place to go is Seat Geek. And my listeners can use promo code Goldberg in the Seat Geek app and get a $20 rebate off your first Seat Geek purchase. It takes less than a minute to download the app and it's extremely easy. And the cool thing is that Seat Geek does a ton of things that other ticketing sites just don't do. First, they pull in ticket options from hundreds of online ticket sellers, creating a one-stop shop for tickets. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket option available for that game all on one page. No need to go anywhere else. Also, they have this great feature called Deal Score, which ranks each ticket on the market with a 1 to 100 value score and plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map so you can easily identify the best ticket values in the building at one glance. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless and easy. Two clicks and you're out. It's the fastest way to buy tickets, period. End of story. To redeem your promo code and save 20 bucks on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app today and our promo code Goldberg in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. Remember, download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code Goldberg today. Let's go on to uh, our guest for today, idol of mine. He is one of the most talented human beings to ever don a football helmet. He is 6'4", 265 pounds, born June 18, 1963 in Norfolk, Virginia. First pick by the Buffalo Bills in the 1985 draft out of Virginia Tech. In his 19 seasons in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills and Washington Redskins, he was an 11-time Pro Bowl selection, 11-time All-Pro, four-time AFC champion. 
1980s and 90s all-decade teams, College Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, NFL career sack leader, Outland Trophy winner. When you talk about the best that ever played the game at any position, this gentleman comes to mind. One of the most dominating defensive linemen in the history of the NFL and a stable on the Celebrity Golf Tour. Ladies and gentlemen, your good friend and mine, Bruce Smith. How you doing, Mr. Bruce? How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, and that's, that's quite a rap sheet. Oh, uh, dude, ra- rap sheet. Like I said, yeah. I could have gone on for like an hour and a half all, with all your accolades, but I wouldn't have had time to talk to you. Yeah, yeah well, well, thanks a lot, and it's, uh, it, it's a pleasure to be on the show. You know what? It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. I've had this podcast for, I think, I don't know, a year, year and a half. I've never been nervous talking to any of my guests, dude. And you and I are friends, and I'm actually nervous as hell talking to you on the phone. It's crazy. Oh, shit. It's crazy, man. You know, you've been an idol of mine for a long time, dude. I've tried to emulate you on the football field, you know, emulate you off the football field. I I mean, I don't have anything but positive things to say about you from what I've seen over the past number of years being involved with Jim and, and the Kelly Foundation and his golf tournament. Um, you've just grown exponentially in my eyes as an idol and a legend and all that kind of crap. And I'm going to stop getting on your tip here, man, and, you know, let you say something, man. It's uh, it's just a pleasure to have you on. Well, that, that respect and love goes both ways. I, I tell you, growing up uh, with my father and, and watching wrestling and, and uh, all that uh, entails and, and going into that, you guys are, are great athletes as well. And uh, it was a joy and a pleasure watching you as well. So uh, that love and respect goes both ways. Oh, man, I can't tell you what that means to me, dude. I I greatly appreciate that. The days, God, the days in Buffalo, man. When I look back on my memories of the NFL growing up as a kid and what I thought it was like, the best way that I can describe it is watching the movie North Dallas 40. Okay, so <laughs> way, way back in the day, that's the impression that I had of football. Watching, looking at the roster and knowing and get, getting, befriending most of you Buffalo Bills that played on your team, man, you guys, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. guys had a, a cornucopia of characters on that team. Am I correct in saying that? We did. And, uh, you know, it, I got to tell you, this, this started from the general manager to the head coach all the way down to the players, to the equipment managers, to the front office people. We had a unique bond that most teams and players don't have an opportunity to experience. Uh, I know when, when we go to the, to the Hall of Fame, and there's uh, so many of us that have been fortunate enough to earn the right to be in the Hall of Fame, and, and uh, all of us that play for the Bills just sit at one table uh, Quite often, other guys from other teams will comment about how close we are and, and what a tight-knit family uh, that we have, and, and, and we, we support one another. We go to each other's events, and uh, their families and their kids are, are like our own. And, and uh, it, it's just a unique relationship uh, that we've built, and it's very special. It, it's one that, uh, again, most players and, and most teams don't have an opportunity to uh, to have that cherry that cherishing type of environment. You know, I, I know you can't put your finger on it by any stretch, but there, there's got to be a reason for that. I mean, in the, this day and age of free agency, and 
I mean, we're not going to see many players being with one team for more than a couple of years anymore in the allegiance. It just isn't there. And it, I mean, it's a business. It is what it is. But right. what was it that made you guys such a close-knit group? Because I see all you guys everywhere, all the events that I do that any of you are associated with. I mean, it is. It's, it's like a big family. It's like a day hasn't passed to where you guys just, you know, reconnect. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of it was we were, a lot of us were cut from the same cloth. We were blue-collar workers in a blue-collar town that understood and appreciated the opportunity that we had to play in the national football team and to play for a special coach like Marv Levy and to play for the fans in Buffalo. When I first was drafted back in, in uh, 85, we were 2-14, and 14, and obviously the, the best player in college football goes to the worst team in the NFL. And I don't know if that was a, a curse or, or a blessing, but uh, I could see something special starting to take place and unfold. The year prior to that, they were 2-14. and 14. So, you know, you could only think that, you know, the only way to go was up. But having that mindset, you would have to put the right pieces to the puzzle to start heading in that direction. And the owner and Bill Polian, they set their sights on, on making that happen. And that's what took place. Um, uh, Andre Reed and I came in uh, in 85. Daryl Talley was already a cornerstone there. Uh, shortly after that, we got, uh, uh, who was it, uh, Marv Levy became the head coach. Then uh, Thurman Thomas was drafted. We acquired Cornelius Bennett in the draft. Jim Kelly came over in 86. And you could see things just start to, to change the environment, the atmosphere, the attitude. And I got to tell you, it's, you might think it's cold on a normal basis, but it is cold as heck when you're losing. <laughs> and uh, when, we, when we started winning, it started warming up, and, and the fans started warming up. And I think for, for six years in the National Football League, we led the league in attendance in that type of environment, that type of inclement weather. So that speaks volumes about the fans uh, coming out in, in the middle of winter uh, in the playoffs and 20 below sometimes. And, uh, you know, so it was a special and unique environment. But it, it took some orchestrating by, by the owner, Ralph Wilson, who's in the Hall of Fame, the late, great Ralph Wilson, Marv Levy, who's in the Hall of Fame, Bill uh, Bill Polian, who's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, also uh, one of our former general managers, uh, John Butler, who was general manager with the Bills and also with the San Diego Chargers. So it took some time, but when you put the right pieces to the puzzle together, then that puzzle tends to become pretty special. Man, it sounds like uh, success was infectious. I mean, every single person there was at the top of their game. You talk about the love of the fans. You talk about the love of you guys for each other and the blue-collar atmosphere. Let's talk a little bit about one of the guys who you played next to. You want to talk about blue-collar. How about Smurless? I just te- ah, I just sure. te- I just texted him a minute ago. I just texted him a minute ago to get some dirt on you, man. And I texted yeah, Jim yeah. also to get some dirt on you. And you must have some seniority. There's a lot of it. I know, but they're not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> you must have something on these guys. Well, we're, we've got something on each other. But we're, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, I, I have never met a more loyal group of teammates and, and people and, 
just men with character than the guys that I played with. And, that you know, everybody talks about the, the Super Bowls and the awards and, and this and that. You know, the, the thing that I cherish the most is the relationships that I've built and the bond that I've built with these guys. It is, it's just special. When I know that I'm, I'm going someplace to see Jim or Thurman or Daryl, there's just this incredible joy that's inside of me that, that, that says, you know what, I'm going to have a ton of laughs in, in this 24 or 48-hour period that I'm going to be with these guys. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's something that, it's just this incredible feeling of the love and, and the, the, the blood and the sweat and the tears, the, the battles that you've been through with these guys. And, and you're looking into their eyes and, and they're, they're looking back into your eyes and it's third and long and you know you're going to get the job done because you believe and you trust in the effort that they're going to give. And it's, it's just special. It, you know, the occasional times that I run in the, the Smurlers, we, we hug and we, we talk, and it's just an incredible feeling, man. It's really neat to see because I sit in the back and I watch you guys co-mingling. You know, it's Andre. All I could do is laugh when, when I talk about Andre, to know that you two came in together. And I read that story about right. about when you were out of practice the first day and the, the, the weather changed like two or three or four or 500 different times, and you're thinking to yourself, right, right. what the hell did I get yeah, myself yeah. into? Yeah, yeah. I, I got I to gotta tell that story. It was uh, the first mini camp, and uh, I think it was May the 15th. You know, it was a pretty nice day outside. It was about 70 degrees, 75 degrees, and, and we go out and we start practicing. I noticed some, some dark clouds over at a distance, and, and keep in mind that Rich Stadium was in the snow belt. And, you know, about, about 20 or 30 minutes later, these clouds come rolling in, and in a blink of an eye, it started raining, then it hailed, and then it snowed, and then the sun came back out about 15, 20 minutes later. And I'm looking around to myself, this little, this little young, you know, wet behind the ears, uh, uh, green kid. I'm looking around. I said, man, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Because I I'd never experienced any type of weather like that before. You know, hanging around the, uh, uh, the older veterans and say, well, uh, that's your first experience and you haven't seen anything yet. And, Lo and behold, my first uh, first season with the Buffalo Bills, it snowed 31 days straight. You talk about, yeah, you talk, yeah. about vet, talk about veterans. Was Hazlitt there when you were there? Was that his last year? Hazlitt, Hazlitt was there as well. He sure was. Jim Hazlitt, Fred Smurlis, Lucius Sanford. Uh, there, there were quite a few. Yeah, uh, Joe Cribs. Oh my god! Yeah, so I, I got a I got a year or two in with with some of the old timers, and it was a great learning experience for me. Now, I, it, this is almost impossible, but what do you think, what what kind of a culture shock would it be for a rookie to walk in the locker room and have those guys as their teammates nowadays as opposed to who they've got? I mean, things are so much different in the NFL right now, obviously in life in general, but, uh, you know, whether it's the concussion issue, you know, the, keeping everybody safe or whatever it may be. Um, things are so much different. I was talking to Jay Glazier last week about that, you know, the whether it's the formation of the practices or how much they hit and they don't hit. and It's just a totally different game. What do you think of uh, the evolution of the game right now? Well, the, the evolution of the game has is, is, uh, come to the forefront for the National 
football league and in, in, in trying to protect the players and, and make it a safer game. Uh, uh, however you can do that. It, you know, it's, it's like having a car crash every uh, single day. The only every single play. The only thing that that uh, you can do to, to prevent it, or not not to prevent it, but to minimize the impact, is put on a seatbelt. Well, you have to pay attention to the rules of the game, how you can make the game safer, the concussion protocols, uh, the chop blocking. You know, when I was playing in the league, chop blocking was they turned a blind eye to it, and as a result of that a lot of guys' careers were, were ended or disrupted. So, and, and the shots uh, with wide receivers going across the middle, uh, the crackbacks. Uh, so uh, it's nice to see that, uh, that they are making a conservative effort to uh, make the game safer. Uh, it's good for the game. It, it's good for uh, the players and, and their longevity and, and their health is concerned. And quite frankly, it probably is a lot less expensive than, than the NFL having to uh, monitor and follow these guys' health after the career, their careers are over. So it's good, and I, I like that. But I tend to think that we, meaning Marv Levy and Bill Polian, were a little bit ahead of the game. Uh, they were some of the pioneers of making practices just a little bit more easier uh, and, and paying, attention, paying attention to detail uh, much more than, than a lot of, of teams that were from the old school in, in our era of football. And, you know, that was one of the reasons I was fortunate enough to, to play so long. Uh, that was one of the reasons that, that a number of guys on our teams were fortunate enough to play so long. They were smart in understanding that we had a veteran team that knew how to handle themselves uh, on and off the field from a standpoint of keeping their bodies in shape and, and conditioned and uh, uh, making sure they were prepared to go out each and every Sunday and, and play that game at a high level. I look up to you uh, in a lot of ways, both on and off the field. And you spoke a second ago about you guys uh, being veterans back at the Bills and knowing how to handle yourselves on and off the field. And we spoke a second ago about the evolution of the game. I very much value your opinion. I don't want to put you in a bad spot. But what do you think about the Greg Hardy situation right now in the NFL? I mean – I, uh, I've got my opinions, and um, I'm just really curious to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, from, from which perspective? You know, Hardy with uh, you know, coming back from, from Yeah, with the, Cowboys. With the Cowboys. Yeah, so, I just, yeah. I just the way that the Cowboys are treating it and what he said as he came back. I mean, there there got to be some older guys on the team, vets on the team, to pull this guy aside and just teach him how to speak to the public and – I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to go on this one, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm up in arms about his his attitude, kind of. You know. Well, uh, you know, there's a a certain thing, and and I don't, I do not know Hardy, uh, other than from the the interviews and and uh, um, you know some of the unfortunate circumstances that have taken place. Uh, but there there has to be a certain level of of being humble. Uh, understanding where there were mistakes made and making some adjustments and and how you talk to the to the press, how you you treat people in general, and uh, because that that gives people the perception of who you are. And having said that, uh, again, not knowing him on a personal basis. Uh, and you know what? Let's take you know, let's I, take I, Greg I, out yeah. of it. Let's take let's take Greg out of it. Okay. 
let's mm-hmm. let's not let's not make it a single instance. Let's just talk about generally how the NFL should handle mm-hmm. it and how how it should be handled because it was handled the wrong way. Whether it was the words out of his mouth or what Jerry Jones said, I just think that the standards should be a lot higher in the NFL. That's my opinion. Well, uh, there is a conduct code, uh, a policy in the National Football League, and and I know the the NFL. Uh, is very concerned about that, but you know, so far as that's concerned, I haven't, I haven't paid a, a tremendous amount of attention to the to the comments and and what's been going on. You know, I I'm a fan of the game and uh, I enjoy watching. I still have friends that that, that play in the National Football League. Uh, I have coaches that uh, are all over the league and and keep in touch with them, and and we. Try not to focus on on the negatives. Um, it, you know, this is this this game has provided so many players with an opportunity to do so many special things in their communities for their families, and and um, you know we we count our blessings. Is it hard? Is it is is it a dangerous and, and vicious game? Uh, absolutely, but we try and focus on the positives. And uh, that's been my attitude about uh, about the National Football League. I get it. I, I, I totally understand it. I just think that, you know, it never should have come to the situation that it's in right now because there should have been a guy like a Bruce Smith on the team to pull pull he and everyone else aside and say, listen, you know, think before you speak. And at the end of the day, what you say is, a, is an example, is a representation of us as your teammates, of, uh, as our team, and at the end of the day, the league in itself. So um, I just think it's a really delicate situation that needs to be handled a little bit differently. So there you have it, my friend. Well, how about the Bills now? How about uh, their 3-2 uh, and two start and what's going on there, the new attitude? What, do you, uh, what are you thinking about what's going on in there? Oh, man, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. it. It's been a long time since we've been relevant. And uh, to see what's taking place with, with Tyrod Taylor and, and uh, E.J. Manuel and, and uh, Percy Harvin, you know, the, the Bills fans have something to be excited about again. I, I am I am very happy about it. And uh, quite frankly, I've been to more games this year than I've, I've been to in, in quite a long time. And it, it's uh, We're on the move to becoming – a contender again, and uh, I think with one or two more pieces and that, that team gelling together, uh, I think uh, we should be able to make the playoffs. Well, you said that you've been to a number of games that you haven't been to over the years, and I know Jim has. It looks like, uh, you know, with his health getting better and his uh, his enthusiasm, it looks like he could probably suit up and get out there and do something. As many games as he's been to, I think he's probably trying to do that. Well, Jim's influence and, and what Jim can do just by his presence around the locker room and, quite frankly, any of us that's been there and done that, uh, I, I think is invaluable. So uh, with the new ownership, the Bagulas, uh, I think they're on the right track. They know what it takes to bring that, that type of energy and excitement and competitive atmosphere to the table. And uh, we're, we're all excited that, that they were able to, to purchase the team to, to actually bring some players there that, that are motivated to win and uh, see that new energy and see that new ownership, and, and it's going to make a difference. Well, I, I referenced Jim a second ago, and it wouldn't, be, uh, it wouldn't be right if I didn't talk about him for a moment because if it wasn't for Jim and his golf tournament, I wouldn't be uh, having you on my podcast right now. 
Now everybody knows well, about what's going, what's been going on with him, and and he uh, he looks like he's doing so much better, man, so much better. And I just want to know. I mean, I remember going to the hospital with you, and I know throughout the years how close you two have been. But what is what does Jim Kelly mean to you, man? How can you describe him as a friend? Jim Jim Kelly's like a brother, man. Um, and quite frankly, his his mother used to call me her uh, her other son. That's how close we were. So a special relationship, um, you know, when, when his mother was ill and my mother was ill, uh, they both were suffering from the same disease, emphysema. And uh, uh, so that's where we, one of the ways that, that we developed that unique bond and, and that re- unique relationship uh, between the two of us. And uh, and it's, it's lasted till this very day. And, and to see what he's gone through with his struggles with, with cancer and also his son, uh, Hunter, with Crab A's disease, uh, it, it's done nothing but, but strengthen us even more uh, as a family, as brothers. And, and uh, uh, you know, I thank, can't thank God enough for uh, his healing powers and what he's done for, for the Kelly family. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's just amazing to see what's transpired over the the past years. It's uh, Jimmy's a special, he's a really special man, and uh, I've been lucky enough to know him for a number of years. You've known him for twice as long as I have, and just to be around you guys and the love that you feel for each other is pretty special, man. It's pretty cool. You got some characters, whether it's uh, Tally or whether it's Thurman. Or whether it's Andre, man, you guys, I know you had some fun. And one of these days, I'm going to get you guys on here all together, and we're going to tell some big stories. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I'd like to do that. You got it, man. Well, you know, it's been an honor and privilege. I'm not going to take any more of your time, because I bet you're probably headed out to a golf course. Am I correct? I am. I'm running late right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love you like a brother, man. I appreciate it very much. Take care, man, and uh, go hit him straight. Hey, thanks for having me out, too. I'll see you, uh, I'll see you down the line. You Talk got to it. you soon. You got it, partner. Okay, thanks. This has been Who's Next with Goldberg. Check out other great podcasts from Sports USA like Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer at SportsUSAMedia.com.